Welcome to another episode of Panel Zone. I'm your host, Dominique, and come chat with me about comics, graphic novels, and manga. So, I just got my COVID vaccine on Friday. Yay! <laughs> it's been over a year since COVID has taken a toll on all of our daily lives, um, and I'm just glad that I finally got my first shot. <laughs> the second one is scheduled uh, roughly a little less than a month from now. Um, I kind of just want to get right into the subject today because I've got a lot to talk about. So the first episode was more of like a laid back, get to know me style of episode. But from this point on, we're just really going to get into it. Okay, so first, can we talk about Bisingast? Um... I know that's not something that's like super popular right now, but it was in the mid-2000s. And if you don't know what Bisingast is, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you a brief synopsis of what it's about. Okay. So Bisingast is about a 15-year-old girl named Dina. Uh, her parents are taken from her early on and left her orphaned at a young age. Uh, so she moves in with her um, aunt. And because of her early connection with death, she has the ability to see ghosts. Um, she only has one friend named Vincent. And one day after sneaking out of the house, they stumble upon an ancient mausoleum. And uh, Dina finds that she has her name written on a plaque, uh, which turns out to be a contract that binds her to go to the mausoleum every night and free ghosts from the earthly plane. Um... If she finishes helping all of the lost souls, she wins freedom of some sort and some sort of reward. And if she quits, she will die and turn into a corpse at the mausoleum. So uh, the series was illustrated and written by Marty Alice LeGros. Um, she was actually discovered at the Rising Stars of Manga competition at a convention in 2003. Uh, so she ended up being the runner-up in the competition and was able to pitch Bisingast uh, to Tokyo Pop editors, and she ended up getting her series published. Um, fun fact, she's a cosplayer. <laughs> uh, there are a few books in the end that have photos of the cosplays that she's done, um, and I think she even designed some of her dresses, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Uh, but from what I remember, I think she said that she designed some of her dresses. Um, I don't know too much about that, but I think that was definitely worth mentioning. So something that I um, really, really like about Bisingast is the um, goth subculture of the 2000s references. There are quite a few of them. Um, I'm not going to say in particular what they are also because I just can't think of what they particularly are right now. Um, which is a shame, but I just know <clears throat> for a fact that there are a lot of 2000s references. Um, there's a lot of references to Victorian goth style, um, Lolita goth style. And if you don't know what Lolita fashion is, it's basically a subculture from Japan that's uh, highly influenced by Victorian clothing and styles from the, I think it's the Rococo period. Um... So Victorian goth and Lolita kind of go hand in hand, um, and this series has, a, like, the fashion is very Victorian goth and very Lolita, which I've, I was really um, happy to see in a book. 
Um, so this series kind of reminds me of Sailor Moon in a sense of there being uh, like a villain to defeat or in this case a ghost to be freed um, and it kind of repeats uh, that same you know storyline until you hit the main arc of the story um, so just this whole series is a masterpiece anybody who is interested in the mid-2000s goth culture I'm even talking about you Gen Z because I know a lot of y'all romanticize that stuff you definitely should read Bison Gast if you're into it um and if you grew up listening to emily autumn like me <laughs> you probably liked bison gas now this is something that i didn't read until like later in life um just because i just never got around to it but i remember i had a, a friend in high school in my drama class who would bring bison gas to class like i would see it the cover every every time she walked into the classroom but I, that it, I, I, I knew about it, but I just, I never got it, um, got around to reading it until recently. So now let's just talk about, um, how graphic novels are becoming wildly popular. I mean, graphic novels have always been somewhat popular, but they're kind of just blowing up here recently. Um, there's like graphic novel renditions of books, musicians having their own graphic novels, um, like a couple of examples of that is Poppy. Poppy has a, a graphic novel. Youngblood. Youngblood has a, a graphic novel. Um, so Poppy's graphic novels are, uh, she has, uh, the first one that she had was called Genesis 1, and that was published in like October of 2019. Um, so I'm going to read you the official synopsis from Amazon. Uh, it's very interesting, so just listen up. <laughs> Is she a girl? Is she a machine? Is she humanity's redemption or its damnation? Don't be scared. Either way, she is Poppy, and you love Poppy. Witness the genesis of the internet phenomenon in this original graphic novel containing a digital download for her brand new album only available here, of course, Amazon. <laughs> so that's the description of the first book, Genesis 1. And then she ended up uh, making another one a whole year later um, called Poppy's Inferno. Um, that was released in October of 2020. Now, mind you, these books were not illustrated and storyline completely fully written by Poppy. There were other people working on it. I wish I could tell you who they were, um, but I will definitely put it in the, the description. Um, so here's the official synopsis from Amazon for this book. You might think you know Poppy, but what if you were only just scratching the surface? What if you could learn more about Poppy at the same time that she learns about herself? Following the story of Poppy's Inferno in between two worlds, both of which work to traumatize the unsuspecting into traumatizing others, Poppy finds herself in both literal and figurative hellscapes. She must walk the thin line between doing what she must gain to, I'm sorry, doing what she must to gain her freedom and staying true to her own identity and beliefs. In Poppy's Inferno, our hero must fight against all that try to change her, not allowing anyone to determine how she thinks, feels, or hurts all the while trying to outwit the demons that surround her every step of the every step of the way. So that is her graphic novel Poppy's Inferno that was released in October 2020. Um, so you can get extreme like Poppy vibes from both of the, these descriptions. She really knows how to market herself. Um, 
And if you don't know who Poppy is, and I probably should have said this first, but if you don't know who Poppy is, she's a 26-year-old like YouTuber, musician, slash singer, songwriter um, from Boston. And little fun fact, she dates Ghosty Mane. <laughs> um, so she got famous from her like weird YouTube videos that went viral. And I don't know if y'all remember, but like in the mid-2010s, kind of like around like 2013 2014 maybe i think it might have been 2015 but she just came out with a bunch of weird videos um like there, there was one where she would just say hi i'm poppy for like like three minutes straight there was like another video where she was just like licking an ice cream cone there was another one where she was reading um pieces or uh uh i can't think of the word right now but she's reading from the bible um and just like sitting there reading for like 15 minutes just stuff from the bible and it's it's weird it, it seemed like it had no connection no storyline whatsoever but eventually the more videos she started bringing out the more you could tell that there was some sort of hidden mesh message between there and then she kind of marketed herself off of being this robotic girl and then later on she ends up like getting into metal and it's just her whole you gotta look into poppy if you don't know who poppy is so now let's talk about Youngblood's graphic novels. So Youngblood's graphic novel is called The Twisted Tales of the Ritalin Club. <laughs> and if you don't know who Youngblood is, I remember to say it first this time. Um, Youngblood is a 23-year-old from uh, South Yorkshire. I think, how you, think that's how you say it. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, England, who makes, um, I would say, almost pop punk music. It reminds me of mid-2000s, like emo scene type music um so i'm gonna read you the description from amazon from the messed up mind of music sensation youngblood comes the twisted tales of the ritalin club all pupils attending blackheart's boarding school must be punctual masked and heavily medicated the displaying of superpowers is strictly forbidden any pupils encountering youngblood or any member of his so-called ritalin club are to seek a teacher immediately Failure to comply with any of the above rules will result in execution. Do not trust Youngblood. Do not trust the Ritalin Club. They mean you harm. <laughs> this intrigues me. I'm not going to lie. When I read that, I was like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> um, so I definitely, that is going to be on my list to read the, uh, that book. And he also has a second graphic novel. Uh, that follows the events of the first called The Twisted Tales of the Ritalin Club 2, Weird Times at Quarry Banks. So those are definitely on my to-read books. <laughs> so now we're going to go on to the third segment and um, I'm going to be talking about my recent reads. So last week um, I read Girl in the World. I, was, I told you I was reading that. Well, I finished it. And, like I thought I would, I absolutely 100% loved it. <laughs> Something that I thought was really cool is that they mentioned the Bechdel test. Um, and if you don't know what that is, the Bechdel test is something that was created by Alison Bechdel, who is the author of the graphic novels Are You My Mother, Fun Home, and the comic strip Dykes to Watch Out For. <laughs> uh, but basically, it evaluates whether or not a work of fiction portrays women in a way that is sexist. Um... So to pass the test, it must feature at least two women, they have to talk to each other, and their conversation must be something other than a man. So it's pretty much a feminist ideal. Um, so an example of a book that passes is The Color Purple by Alice Walker. And 
sadly a book that doesn't pass is blankets by craig thompson i know i was talking very highly uh, very highly about um blankets which i still absolutely love that book but unfortunately it does not pass the bechdel test um so what i'm currently reading well actually not really currently reading but i just finished these books like very very recently um so i finished up the last volume of bisingas volume eight um I talked about it earlier so i'm not going to get too deep into it but let me just say i was not expecting that ending at all the the last two books seven and eight were literally a mind fuck and i was not expecting it at all i'm not gonna lie some of it was kind of um like the beginning books i it was very obvious but then once i hit book four everything changed but book seven and eight is not what i was expecting at all i did not expect that ending 100 at all definitely something I'll should read. I cannot talk enough about Bisingast. <laughs> and then the other one um, that I was reading, I finished it, was I Hate Fairyland, Volume 1. So I first heard about I Hate Fairyland through Hoopla. I know I talk about Hoopla a lot, but Hoopla, I love it. And uh, I was going to check it out on that, but I ran out of um, borrows, so I had to uh, b uh, borrow it on Comixology, which is an Amazon-run uh, comic book website where you can read comic books so I just finished issue one um, but it's a comedy fantasy comic about a girl named Gert uh, who was transported into a fantasy fairy realm um, at the age of six and she's been there for 30 years um, <laughs> she tries and she fails and uh, continues to try and fail uh, to get back to the real world over and over and over and over again um, it's written by Scotty Young, who's pretty popular in the comic book world because he's been involved with a number of different projects, uh, like the new X-Men being one of those. Um, the art style kind of reminds me of Mad Magazine and Tank Girl mixed together, um, which is a really trippy, comic-y look. I absolutely love it. Um, I think there's a total of 20 issues, and one thing that I really liked about it was that I loved how grimy it was, which is weird because you would think Fairyland would be like gorgeous, but everything is magical and grimy at the same time. It's weird. It's like sparkly, sparkly, and then like wham, blood guts, organs everywhere. <laughs> and um, there's a part where she eats this cop and you can see her like pulling organs out of his head it's pretty brutal <laughs> and if you ever watch the show the good place where you like can't say any swear words this is kind of like that um so in one panel she says shut the hug up which we all know what she was trying to say she was trying to say shut the fuck up but obviously she couldn't say that um so she had to say shut the hug up um so gert is like the last thing that you would expect from like a six-year-old girl like, you would never expect a six-year-old girl to be like that. But that's because she's not six. She's 36, but she still looks like a six-year-old. And, I like, it's the, it's the trippiest, coolest comic I've read in a while. And I'm going to continue that series. Volume 1 was epic, and I'm happy and excited for Volume 2. Okay, so something else that I read, like, as recent as today, and I thought I should mention this. Uh, the Scott Pilgrim Free Comic Book Day story. So I rented it for Free on Comixology. Um, it's a Scott Pilgrim, uh, Scott Pilgrim, sorry, <laughs> free comic on Comixology, and it takes place between 
volumes three and four. So volume three of Scott Pilgrim is Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness. And then volume four is Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together. So it takes place in between those two books. So the synopsis for the Scott Pilgrim Free Comic Book Day story is um, as follows. Summer is here and Scott and his friends are ready for a break. All they want to do is go see a movie together, but nothing's ever easy in Scott Pilgrim's world. <laughs> So I, I thought this was a nice short side story for me to read at some point this week, and I just decided to read it today. Um, so something that I thought was cool, fun fact, if you've ever watched the movie Scott Pilgrim and read the books, um, you know that there are some pretty significant differences. So one thing I noticed was that the fight scene with Ramona's evil ex-girlfriend in the movie was actually a fight between Ramona and Envy Adams in the book. Uh, so I wonder where they got the idea of Ramona fighting for Scott. Um, but now that I'm reading the Scott Pilgrim Free Comic Day story, I realize that this is where they got the idea of Ramona holding Scott's limbs and making him fight. <laughs> like in this story, he isn't fighting Ramona's evil ex-girlfriend, but he's fighting these uh, girls who came from inside of a movie poster. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. And I think it's funny when he says, I can't hit girls, they're soft, because he specifically said that in the movie during the ex-girlfriend fight scene. <laughs> so the director of Scott Pilgrim, which I believe is Edgar Wright, must have been a huge fan of Scott Pilgrim for him to have incorporated something that was in a fucking side comic into the movie. <laughs> so kudos to him. <laughs> And so, um, also, while browsing online, I also read this uh, webcomic called One Million Tiny Fires by Ashley Robin Franklin. Um, and my god, it was one of the most trippiest things I've read. I know everything, I, I say everything is trippy, but that's the type of shit that I like. I like it when it's not normal. <laughs> um, so I'll read you the description from Silver Sprocket's website. Fusing sexual intimacy with cosmic dread, this queer horror tale follows Brianna and Cassie, a couple in an isolated Texas farmhouse whose rural fantasy has soured into a tense nightmare. After discovering an unknown object that had crash-landed from the sky, Brianna begins to su suspect that something uncanny is happening to her partner. So all I can tell you without spoiling it, because it's so short, is that it has similar vibes to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, so this is a great thing for me to mention to lead us up to next week's episode where I'll be talking about uh, webtoons and webcomics because this is a webcomic. Um, so you can find this for free on Silver Sprocket's website at silversprocket.net um, which gives you plenty of time to read this because next week I definitely will be spoiling the hell out of that particular comic. <laughs> so be prepared. Read it. And I plan on reading a few books within the next month, and hopefully I can talk about them. So these are Your Black Friend by Ben Passmore, and Your Black Friend and Other Strangers, which is the sequel to that first book. So I'll have links in the description for all the books that were mentioned today. Follow me on my anime list at Green Moth, spelled G-R-3-3-N-M-O-T-H. Once again, G-R-3-3-N-M-O-T-H. Follow me on Goodreads to see what I'm currently reading and keep listening online wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Panel Zone. Much love.